0: Well, the unthinkable happened this past week. A few days after Dan Bongino was let go from Fox News, Tucker Carlson was taken off the air, and his program, Tucker Carlson Tonight, was canceled. The good news is that Tucker's alive, he's well, and he's characteristically upbeat. There are also other important developments. It seems another major bank, First Republic of Bank of Woke Francisco, California, has collapsed. Which begs the question, how can you best prepare for financial calamity? We'll hear what some experts are saying. And did you know that the puppet-in-chief, Joe Biden, just declared and invoked the War Powers Act? All of this in Dictionary Wars, coming up in today's program, I'm your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. You don't want to miss this. We're the people of sick and tired. Hey. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars, with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired, so tired. Well, good news. It's the first day of May 2023, and the King of Kings is still in charge. What we witnessed collectively in the American cable news landscape in the past few days was historic. Tucker Carlson, host of the top-rated cable television program, The Tucker Carlson Show, was given the left foot of fellowship by Fox News. Tucker's last show on Fox was on Friday, April the 21st. According to industry insiders, Tucker thought that he was going on the air on the following Monday, which was April the 24th, but that didn't happen. As far as we know, Carlson went to work on that fateful Monday morning and was told that his last show was the prior Friday. Tucker's executive producer, Justin Wells, was also let go. Well, this was rather odd since the protocol for firing big-name talent and also executives has always been to do the deed on a Friday afternoon. Apparently, there was disagreement in the Fox boardroom on how and when to get rid of Tucker. The courage to fire their top talent and cable news cash cow was not summoned until Monday morning. And as the geniuses at Fox News know, The weekly news cycle begins on, you guessed it, Monday morning. Well, the irony of the timing of the Tucker Carlson ouster from Fox is not lost here. In short, by doing the evil deed on a Monday, Fox News handed Carlson millions of dollars of free publicity. Tucker's audience responded rapidly with massive retribution. Ratings at the 8 p.m. time slot, which the Tucker Carlson show previously held, collapsed to only 50% of what they were within a few days after Tucker's firing. Tucker's audience made their voices known. In the words of advertising executives, there were now less eyeballs to sell to advertisers. Well, in some ways, these events reminded me of the final moments of the 1998 Jim Carrey movie, The Truman Show, when Truman steps off the set and says, quote, In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And the show abruptly ended. Like The Truman Show, which was built upon a deception and a ruse, If you were a fan of Fox News and particularly the Tucker Carlson show, you probably thought that you had found a safe haven for the expression of free speech on Fox News. Certainly Fox News would not fire their star talent, you thought, that star talent who clobbered all the other talking heads in cable news and brought in millions of advertising revenue to the network. But we were all wrong. That sort of logic just makes too much sense. Tucker was let go in spite of the fact that he was a one-man cash cow for the network. Tucker had committed the unthinkable in corporate newsrooms. He was speaking publicly what everybody else was whispering silently to themselves. And that sort of unmuzzled truth-telling cannot be allowed to exist in cable news. And so the Murdochs accepted the inevitable financial loss it was the chill that went through the halls of the fox newsrooms you're no longer allowed to entertain any original thinking the message was clear tanny talent that remained at fox news after both carlson and bongino had been let go the subliminal message was clear stick to the script do what your producers tell you speak within the boundaries which we set for you We don't care about your thoughts or even the thoughts of your audience. There's an orthodox narrative which our advertisers and sponsors demand you adhere to. Deviance from the narrow road will not be tolerated. We did it to Carlson and Bongino. You could be next. Well, I suspected that Fox News was compromised back in November of 2020 when the network called the presidential election in Arizona early with one million outstanding votes, still not reported. And in that moment of clarity, I realized that Fox News was never a right-leaning media outlet. Fox News was just CNN light. November 3rd, 2020 was the day I stopped watching Fox News, with one exception, and that exception was Tucker Carlson. What truly made Tucker Carlson great was that he spoke up boldly, pointing out the hypocrisy. Carlson was, and is, in my opinion, Rush Limbaugh 2.0. But unlike Limbaugh, Carlson is not syndicated on 600-plus radio stations across America. Carlson has been silenced by Fox, and yet industry insiders tell us that he's still under contract for another two years. Tucker may be under a non-competitive clause, and so at the present, he can only speak in sort of a coded language to his loyal audience. Two days after Carlson was let go from Fox, he posted a less than three-minute video, which was linked to his Twitter feed. According to Newsmax, the video amassed an amazing 60 million views in less than 24 hours. It was as if Tucker Carlson was communicating to his estranged audience from a hidden man cave in censored conservative talking head purgatory. Tucker was okay. He was smiling, and he had that same great smirk and sarcastic tone which clearly communicated to his fans that he would not be defeated by his corporate masters. Like the mythical Phoenix, Tucker will rise again. And that's a comforting thought to Americans that there are a few voices in broadcasting that are still not afraid to stand up against both tyranny and censorship, values that we once held close in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I'm Jeffrey K. Lyons, and this is Narrative Wars. Well, we're going to continue with this story of Tucker Carlson being let go from Fox News. It was certainly the shot heard around the broadcasting or certainly the talking head cable, cable news network broadcasting outlets. Let's take a look at this story from, uh, from Breitbart. This is April the 27th, 2023, and it gives a little bit more detail into what took place now according to the Breitbart story Carlson's current contract is going to run through December of 2024 and as of now there are three sources familiar with the matter they all told Breitbart News that executives at the network they're trying to keep Carlson on contract and not release him until the 2024 election now why would you do that why would you keep him under contract and not release him until after the 2024 election. Could it be for ideological reasons? Could it be because they don't want Tucker to speak up, to have anything to do with getting people to think before they vote? The story continues. The shocking decision to cancel Carlson's top-rated weekend program just came days after the network shut down its top-rated weekend program with host Dan Bongino. So, Bongino was let go, and Bongino was another one of these free thinkers, free in terms of he doesn't go by the network script. And Bongino was very dignified, very classy when he left. He didn't trash Fox. He thanked Fox for, for his many years. I think he's been on that network for about 11 years with not only a regular show, but hit interviews. But Bongino... Left and his official take on that was that he left because they just couldn't come to an agreement on their contract. And yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that sort of thing happens all the time. But uh, might we speculate a bit that uh, Fox was trying to put the screws onto Bongino in in terms of, as I mentioned in my opening monologue. These are the lines. These are the boundaries. You need to stay within these lines and these boundaries and not go outside of it. Bongino's got a great following on Rumble. He's also on Terrestrial Radio. And he basically doesn't need Fox anymore. So Bongino's basically, in a classy way, stepped off. And uh, so Tucker's gone. Bongino's gone. And what follows here is an insider account from people actually in the know after Breitbart News spent the past several days interviewing key players um, regarding these matters. So two things, according to this Breitbart article, stand out. Two things are clear. First, the official narrative from the network's not true. (laughs) Was that a surprise to anybody? Uh, It it was like a two-sentence narrative. We thank... Tucker Carlson, first time at the network, and we've decided to part ways. Not really. You parted ways with your cash cow. You parted ways with your top talent that was destroying all of the other competitors. You you parted ways knowing that you were basically drilling a hole in the boat and allowing the water to come in. In fact, one cartoon I saw showed Tucker in a rowboat Paddling away with all these other passengers and the ship in the background sinking. Second, according to the article, and perhaps more importantly, many of the leaks and speculation that have poured out in the past couple of days since the bombshell news of Carlson's show getting canceled were announced are simply untrue. Well, there's all kinds of bogus reasons about why this happened regarding Carlson and another pending lawsuit, so on and so forth. Look, these large network entities, cable news, broadcast news, if they've got talent, which is bringing in the big bucks, they're going to lawyer up and they're going to fight for that talent. Why? Because they're making money. And isn't that what it used to be all about? But in this case, they threw Tucker under the bus. So, yes, that is a bogus a bogus reason for getting rid of Tucker. You know, some lingering lawsuits, so on and so forth. Yeah, I'm not even going to give it airtime and, and talk about that because that's, that's not what it's about. So both sides are negotiating exit packages. And I, yeah, I understand that. They say that uh, Tucker is now lawyered up and, and he's got someone who is working on, you know, negotiating uh, a, something that's amicable for both parties, obviously. Uh, he doesn't want to be muzzled. He, d- he doesn't want to be shut down between now and 2024. So we'll see how all this turns out. A third source close to Carlson also said, this is, this is also the Breitbart article, noting that the Murdochs may end up trying to hold Car- Carlson to his contract through the next presidential election. Well, we'll see if that happens. Hopefully that doesn't happen. And I think uh, Tucker's lawyered up with, with someone who's very skillful. And so, you know, th- there's a reason he did that. He, d- he doesn't want to be shut down and shut out of the uh, conversation uh, that is going to happen. And of course, the conversation heightens and heightens before a, um, a presidential election. Every four years, we all know that. So let's listen to cut one. This is Tucker Carlson and I'm not going to play the entire thing. Many of you have heard this already, but what I want you to listen to is for the non-verbals. Listen to the upbeat tone. Listen to the pacing. You can almost hear him smiling and smirking, even though we're, we're just listening to sound. But in the video, he was smiling. He was smirking. He was upbeat. Folks, Tucker is smart. I think he was prepared for this moment, even though he didn't know it was gonna happen on that exact day. He could see the handwriting on the wall, especially after Dan Bongino had exited, and he knew that it would happen. Perhaps he didn't think it would happen in 2023. But Tucker seems to be the eternal optimist. So let's take a listen to cut one. We'll talk on the other side.
1: Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time.
0: Well, that's a good question. When have you heard a legitimate debate about issues that are actually impactful? I mean, who cares about ridiculous topics such as name-calling skirmishes? These, those sort of debates and talking head, tit for tat, back and forth, they happen all the time. So-and-so says something on the house floor. So-and-so responds. So-and-so puts out a Twitter. So-and-so responds. So-and-so says something that's mean to somebody else. Someone else responds. Who cares? Who, that's just childish stuff. What really matters? Well, what really matters is that the United States of America is rapidly going off the cliff financially. Have we ever had a serious debate about why the national debt is a problem. And yet one side goes on and on saying, we have to keep spending money because of, and they'll, they'll, they'll give you reasons that tug at the heartstrings. And the other side will say, well, we can't keep doing this because we're going to go over the financial cliff. And so what the other side does is they keep spending money. They just spend it at a slower rate. So Tucker has a very good point. The debates that we have are pretty ridiculous. They're unimportant and the public doesn't really care. A couple of takeaways here. Tucker is alive and well. He's the consummate optimist. He's not afraid to poke fun at cable television news itself. And I love that. I love that about Tucker. He's nailed the definition of uniparty. He also tells us that the current power-hungry orthodoxy will fail. So here are my thoughts. America has had an incredible history, an almost uncanny resilience. We're up to the challenge. We're a nation that has a history of of reimagining who we are. Now, think about it. We've transitioned from a colony that was part of the most powerful nation on earth to an independent nation. And make no mistake, that independent nation was quite weak when it first started. We cast off slavery. We embraced the doctrine that all men are created equal. It wasn't easy, but we got through it. We became a nation of inventors. We invented the light bulb, the electrical grid, radio, television, the airplane, transcontinental undersea communication cables, which is, by the way, the backbone of the internet, before anybody ever heard of the internet. We asserted ourselves as a world power after World War II, and now we're wrestling with the true meaning of liberty by fighting the war against censorship and psychological warfare. Well, hey folks, thank you for listening to our program. And no, we're not over yet, but we just wanted to do a quick shameless plug here. Narrative Wars wants to give a shout out to many listeners, both in the United States and in other countries such as Canada, Germany, and the UK. In the United States, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Hawaii, and Texas are in the top five of our current listenership. You can find our webpage on Podbean with links to all your favorite podcasting apps. Go to narrativewars.org. That's narrativewars, one word, .org. And that'll take you straight to our our, uh, Podbean webpage with all the links to your favorite podcasting apps. This will take you to my webpage, and you'll see all the past shows along with links to your favorite apps. And please, five-star rate, follow, and tell a friend. Thank you. We really appreciate your support. You are the reason that we do this program. Well, we're going to move on, and the... Big story, the other big story, and it was just an enormous Newsweek last week. There there was a lot of uh, monumental breaking stories. But the other big story uh, was that First Republic Bank was collapsing. Their stock collapsed 50%. Then it dropped 95% by the end of the week. And over the weekend, First Republic Bank was taken over by the FDIC. And JP Morgan, the largest bank in the United States, agreed to purchase First Republic Bank. Now, this is the largest lender to collapse. And we're talking about First Republic Bank. This is the largest lender to collapse since the 2008 financial crisis. Now, hopefully a number of you in the audience are old enough to remember the 2008 financial crisis. If you're not, then hey, it's great. We welcome you to the program and please don't take off because I insulted you for being young. Young is great. But the point is that these crises happen. They happen periodically. They repeat. And in 2008, it was a, it was a disaster. A des- people lost their jobs. Some people lost their homes because they couldn't afford the mortgage payments anymore. So we're looking at something very similar on the very near horizon. First Republic Bank of Woke Francisco, it collapsed. And this was the second largest collapse since the 2008 financial crisis. It was bigger than Silicon Valley Bank, which just went under. And that was in March of 2023. Let's take a listen to cut number two.
1: We are going to start that breaking news about First Republic Bank sold to J.P. Morgan Chase overnight in a bid to avert a banking crisis in this country. It's the second largest U.S. bank collapse ever following Washington Mutual back in 2008 during the financial crisis. So what does it mean if you're heading to a branch this morning? NBC's Brian Chung here with some answers and more on this breaking story. So Brian, let's just start with the the top line takeaways uh, from, from this deal. It would seem to be good news for consumers. Yeah, it is because essentially what happened is that over the weekend, they were able to find a resolution so that this bank could survive and make it to market open today on this Monday. So we got the news overnight that the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation was going to step in, take ownership of First Republic Bank, which had been struggling for essentially the last few weeks, ever since Silicon Valley Bank went under. And they're also going to simultaneously sell the assets to JP Morgan Chase. So JP Morgan Chase, the nation's largest bank, now going to be the owner of First Republic. So any First Republic branches will be opening up this morning as Chase branches. For what's where JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon saying our government invited us and others to step up, and we did almost two months after the turmoil that we saw with Silicon Valley Bank.
0: Yeah, I love how they try to put an upbeat spin on this. This is good news for consumers. No, it isn't. This is bad news, folks. (laughs) This is really bad news that we now have the second largest bank failure in the history of the United States after Washington Mutual, which occurred back in 2008. This is really bad. And we're looking at a Very, very possible recession coming up in the very near future. Well, a couple of comments here. Folks, if you have a financial advisor, I advise you, To talk to your financial advisor, you may want to rebalance your portfolio. A lot of people are retreating to precious metals. Uh, Do your own research. I cannot give financial advice because I am not a financial advisor. All I'm saying is that you should have that conversation and you should think about rebalancing your portfolio if you have an IRA portfolio, so on and so forth, and you're trying to put something away for your retirement years. Now, regarding another financial crisis like 2008, well, the US uh, curve, the um, interest curve, or the what is called the yield curve, it did invert. And it has inverted with before each recession since 1955. And what has happened is that between six and 24 months after the inverted yield curve, According to a 2018 report by researchers at the Federal Reserve Bank, there has been a recession. So what does this mean inverted yield curve? Basically, it means that in a normal situation, if you buy long-term long-term investments which pay interest, you're going to get more interest when you pay when you buy something that is long-term, a year, year and a half, 2 years. You're going to get more interest because why? it just makes sense logically you're rewarded with more interest a higher interest rate by by keeping it in your in that bank in that investment portfolio so short term interest or short term return is typically less than long term return okay that's the principle and it just makes sense hey i'm going to if you're only going to put your money in my bank for six months, less than a year. I'm only going to give you so much interest, but I'm going to incentivize and pay you more if you keep it in longer. And it's good for the bank because the bank then has money to loan out to customers to make more loans. And it's good also for the person that's making the investment. They get paid higher interest by keeping it in longer. It's a win-win. So what is an inverted yield curve? An inverted yield curve is when the interest rates are going up so fast that the short term interest is higher than the long intre- term interest. Okay. That's all it means. And so look what's happening. Look what's happening. We got, we have banks in trouble. We've got major banks caving. We've got the second largest failure that's ever happened in the history of the United States. Just happened with First Republic Bank. We had Credit Suisse which is another very large financial institution it collapsed in Europe. So this is not good. This is not good. Well, how do you prepare for a recession? Well, I took a look at a number of different websites. I looked at Forbes, looked at Dave Ramsey, looked at US World News, a number of different number of different sources and I kind of cobbled together a couple of things here. Again, I am not a financial advisor. But some of these things are just common sense, okay? How about pay down your debt? How about maybe you've got three cars and you only need two, but you're paying loans on those cars. Why not get rid of the third car, the one that has the highest debt? Just sell it. That, that'll get rid of debt. Heck, you only needed two cars anyway. Maybe you've got two cars and a real expensive boat. Well, yeah, it's nice to have a boat, but it's also nice to keep a roof over your head and food on your table. So sell the boat. Get rid of as much debt as you can. And really, the sooner you do it, the better, because it's going to be easier to sell something like another car, the car you don't need, or a boat, before Things get really bad. How about revisiting your budget? Do you really need to spend $200 a month on cable TV? I mean, how many sports channels do you need? Can, can you really watch 10 games at the same time? Why not cut the cable altogether? Why not just stream? Stream. There's a lot to streaming in terms of benefits, in terms of program, you, you get the programming you want, and you get great pricing. Everybody's got smart TVs now, but there's other devices like Roku, Apple TV, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of options here. And some of them even allow you to have a package where you get some local television news stations. So look into it. Do you really need to be spending so much money for cable television? You know, when it comes down to, again, food on the table, Or gasoline in your car versus binge watching TV shows that really—I mean, okay, you finished, you know, the four hundredth episode of Bonanza or whatever. I mean, are you really that much more fulfilled as a human being after that? That's that's a question you can just ask yourself. Talk to your again. Talk to your financial advisor about moving to assets that are more recession-proof. Many financial advisors are going to say it's a good idea to have savings equal to six months' pay or more. Have that socked away in a fund that you're not going to touch. That's great advice. A lot of these different websites have, have mentioned that. How about stock up on a few, a few food items that you can store for a long time? Hey, why not? Why not? And folks, you can go way down the prepper trail there. Okay. Those that are preparing for difficult times, prepper. And there's all kinds of websites and all kinds of ideas out there. So I'm just going to, that's just a little teaser. That's just a little teaser. And in the future, maybe we'll have someone on the program that we'll interview in order to dig a bit deeper on that lifestyle. How about discovering your local farmer's market? Now, this is one I didn't see. I didn't see anybody mention. But how about, but but, but the preppers talk about this. How about finding where your local farmer's market is and learn how to buy food from the farm to the kitchen table? Hey, it's a win-win. You get great deals on food and the farmer gets a great deal too because he cuts out the middleman. So I call that a win-win. You know, food is becoming more scarce. If you haven't figured that out, look—you're hearing all these stories of eighteen thousand cows in Texas. Boom! Did some, some, something happened, and they're all gone. It was a dairy farm. W- what did happen? Why, why aren't they just saying what it is? It's terrorism. That's an attack. Cows don't blow up spontaneously. Thousands and thousands of chickens dying, or chickens just being killed on purpose because of some disease, how they all get that disease? Why do they all have to be killed? I don't know. They're not following up on these stories. So the food supply is definitely under attack. You don't believe it? What about that story that was going national day after day after day after day about milk, the different types of milk for For babies, formula milk that you go into the store, that there was only one factory, one major factory, the other one was closed down and the government wouldn't let them reopen. Huh. So yeah, there are major problems with the food supply. Not a bad idea to buy some food. You even may want to buy some long-term storage food. These are just a couple ideas I toss out there. Look, it's even in the Bible It talks about the ant storing up food for the future. And the ant only has ant brains. How about this final idea? Final idea on how to save money. Why not vacation a little closer to home? You know, instead of getting on an airplane and going a great distance somewhere and spending all that money just to get there and come back, why not vacation a little closer to home? Drive, Save that air, air, airplane ticket price, especially if you're a family with three, four people, you know, husband, wife, couple of kids, two kids, three kids, four kids. Save the money. Drive somewhere. Vacation a little closer to home and uh, have a great time. Okay. This is one of those segments that I really, really enjoy. We call this Dictionary Wars. So, the two words that we want to look at today are misinformation and disinformation. Now, these terms have been thrown around and slogged around over and over and over, especially within the last two years. They're incredibly difficult words to define, And we may go much deeper into the abuse of these terms in future episodes of Narrative Wars, but the point of discussing these words, misinformation and disinformation, the point of discussing it is that they become catch-all buzzwords in order to justify censorship and in order to shut down free speech in America. So watch what happens when these words are used, when they're thrown out, look at the result. What happens? Oh, they're going to push another law. Oh, they're going to, they're going to talk about um, hate speech. Oh, they're going to talk about suing somebody. Oh, they're going to talk about you, you can't say this or you can't say that or you, so-and-so's been mean or this, there's bullying going on here. But at the end of the day, watch for the types of laws they want to pass. And if it's not laws, then it's rules. And they're the types of things that basically... Do the opposite of free speech? They result in censorship. These words are especially popular with the multitude of meaningless fact checkers available on the interweb. Haven't haven't you noticed that these these fact checkers, these self proclaimed. Um, bastions of truth, uh, which are guarding the pillars of our society, these fact-checkers who nobody appointed, that nobody voted for, that nobody approved of, that they constantly are using the words misinformation and disinformation. I couldn't care less what these fact-checkers say. I can check my own facts, and you should too. That's a part of what's called critical thinking. Well, we were told that masks were necessary during COVID, but now we found out that's not true. And anybody that pushed back on wearing masks was accused of spreading misinformation and disinformation. Second, we were told that COVID virus had natural origins in the Chinese meat market. But now we know that the lab leak theory from the Wuhan lab of virology is quite credible. And in fact... Mr. Fauci helped fund it. Oops, did I say that? But if you challenged the initial reports, you were labeled as what? Spreading misinformation and disinformation. And third, we're told that the 2020 presidential election was the most secure in American history. And in fact, if you, if you disagreed with that, it was called the big lie. The big lie. The, you remember that? They were all parroting that. The big lie, the big lie, the big lie. But the true big lie was that people weren't allowed to think. The true big lie was that the major alphabet networks were all practicing censorship. Do you remember what happened when Mr. Bush won the presidency? Remember that long ordeal, the hanging chads in Florida? And they counted and counted and counted, and it took a month. Do you remember how, even to this very day, Mr. Gore does not agree with the outcome of that election? But no, nobody wants to talk about that. That wasn't misinformation that that Al Gore disagreed with the outcome of that election and that Bush became president. No, we don't want to say that. Or that Hillary Clinton disagreed and said, no, Trump didn't win. No, we don't want to talk about that. But if we push back on the COVID narrative, on the masks, on the origin of COVID, if we question in any way the 2020 presidential election, well, then that's misinformation and disinformation. Amazing how the documentary that came out that was put out by Dinesh D'Souza, 2,000 Mules, Did you notice how it was censored? They didn't talk about it on Fox News. And again, I'm telling you, Fox News is not a center-right outlet. It is CNN lite. It is basically controlled. There are certain things you can talk about and certain things you cannot talk about on Fox News. And if you push those boundaries, you're going to end up like Bongino. You're going to end up like Carlson out the door out the door. So misinformation and disinformation. The key is what do they do when they throw those terms around? What do they do? And when they're shutting people down and when the result is laws passed that muzzle free speech, when the result is that people get fired, when the result is censorship then we see that basically these terms are just being thrown around for propaganda purposes in order to silence opposition, in order to silence those who one side is ideologically opposed to. Well, moving on to another story, Biden Invoke the War Powers Act. Yeah, in the midst of all this craziness uh, regarding Carlson and leaving Fox News and a lot of people coming to the realization that, oh, I guess they really aren't a a center-right news organization. In the midst of all of that and in the midst of the second largest bank in the United States of America going under. And that the last time this happened was back in 2008. In the midst of all of this going on, we find out that the President of the United States has invoked the War Powers Act. This story has been completely buried. In fact, it went back to April 23rd, 2023. The President of the United States sent a letter. And I'm just going to read a bit of it. But the letter went to the United States Senate and to the United States House of Representatives. Dear Mr. Speaker, at my direction, United States Armed Forces personnel have conducted an operation to evacuate United States personnel and others from Khartoum, Sudan, in response to the deteriorating security situation in Sudan. To conduct and support this operation, United States Armed Forces personnel with appropriate combat equipment deployed to Djibouti, Ethiopia, Sudan, United States Armed Forces personnel will remain deployed in Djibouti to protect United States personnel and others until the security situation no longer requires their presence. Now, this is very interesting because this story has basically been buried. It's basically been buried. He invoked the War Powers Act and he sent this letter This is the president of the United States, folks, or the puppet of the United States. However you want to say that, because we're not really sure who is in charge. Take a listen to these comments from Joshua Phillips, Epic Times. Cut number three.
2: So interesting news today. Biden has signed a war powers resolution. The United States is going to be sending troops to Africa. And I want to talk about what's going on with that. They're saying it's to protect U.S. assets on the ground and so on, but they're also not evacuating U.S. citizens. So if they're sending troops there and they believe they should sign a war powers resolution in order to guard Americans and make sure they're okay, but they're also not going to be evacuating people, what are they doing? We'll go into this. Um, Also in Sudan, where the war is now brewing... You have fighters who've broken into one of the major virus laboratories, uh, which contains several deadly viruses, which would be detrimental if they got out. The WHO is declaring it is extremely, extremely dangerous. And yes, they repeat extremely. And uh, here we are, Um, get ready for the potential next pandemic if this whole thing heads south and maybe even the beginning of a new war.
0: That story from Josh Phillips at the Epic Times now, this is really interesting as a follow-up. The Los Angeles Times, which is not known as a bastion of center-right thought, certainly not a conservative think tank by any, any means, April 27, 2023, here's a report which originated with, with the AP, put out in April 27, 2023, why did the U.S. evacuation from Sudan leave some Americans behind? It's a very good question. Warring factions trying to seize control of East African nation Sudan have plunged the country into chaos. Thousands are fleeing the capital of Khartoum and nearby battle zones. Some countries, including the U.S., have shuttered their embassies. Many are coordinating daring evacuations. Now, according to this story, last week, we saw dramatic different responses by various governments as they try to get their citizens and embassy personnel to safety. So the implication is different nations have responded very differently. Well, let's see what the United States did. The U.S. has come under scrutiny for evacuating roughly 70 embassy staff in a helicopter mission by SEAL commandos over the weekend. Kind of reminds you of what happened many years ago when they evacuated The embassy staff from South Vietnam, South Vietnam, before it fell to North Vietnam. You can look it up. I think the videos are still out there. At the same time, the United States, and this must have been the State Department, it warned thousands of private American citizens that there'd be no similar evacuation for them. Hey, you're on your own, you guys. Thousands of Americans left there. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. A couple of takeaway comments here. Well, first of all, it's estimated that there's still 16,000 Americans believed to be in Sudan at the time that those 70 State Department workers in the U.S. Embassy in Sudan was evacuated. 16,000. Whatever happened to... We don't leave anyone behind. Apparently, in the, in the Biden administration, that is the new uh, credo. Hey, we leave people behind all the time. This is what we do. Have some ice cream. Don't worry about it. Come on, man. couple comments here. It seems the new standard of care for American citizens in foreign countries is to evacuate military and State Department workers and then leave behind American citizens. This happened in Afghanistan. It's happening now in Sudan, Africa. And the message is clear. The Biden administration does not want to protect American citizens that are living overseas. Secondly, the Biden administration has no issues with committing American troops to senseless wars across the globe, first in the Ukraine, and now, secondly, in Sudan, Africa. The Biden administration, thirdly, is committed to spending billions, even trillions of dollars on foreign soil, while at the same time, there's no interest in protecting the southern border of the United States. Millions of illegal aliens are pouring into the U.S., and the Biden administration wants Americans to look at the shiny object, the distraction. Don't look at the southern border. What's the matter with you? Come on, man. Look at Ukraine. Look at the Sudan. Look somewhere else. Doesn't really work for the people of Texas, does it? Well, there is some good news here. Americans are not buying the lies and the distractions from the Biden administration. Democrats don't even want Biden to run for president in 2024. That's Democrats, folks. State legislatures are, push, are, are beginning to put on their big boy and their big girl pants and to say no to the woke nonsense, which is being dictated from the leftist Washington bureaucrats. You know that the pushback at the state level is working. And here's how we know. We know because there are shrill screams from the mindless left at woke rallies, and these shrill screams have been increasing. Here's, here's the principle, folks. If there is flack in the sky, then we know that we're over the target. And that's a comforting thought. Final thoughts here on this last week in the news and in this week that we're beginning. First week of May, 2023. Again, last week was monumental week for the news cycle. We learned that Fox News financial success takes a backseat to political ideology and that Fox News is actually CNN light. Folks, if you consider yourself to be right of center, why are you subscribing to Fox News? Why are you watching these people? It's time to cut the cable. We learned, secondly, we learned last week that we're headed for another financial meltdown, and it was confirmed today. Today being the 1st of May, 2023, When J.P. Morgan Chase purchased the remaining assets of First Republic Bank, according to NBC News, it's the largest lender to collapse since the 2008 financial crisis, bigger than Silicon Valley Bank, which went under in March. Get your financial house in order, folks. Get your financial house in order. And this final encouraging word, take heart. Be encouraged. God is still on the throne quote, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. That's Matthew 6.20. It's the best investment in the universe and it produces eternal dividends. Now, how do you do that? Trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior Read the story of his life in the New Testament and then surround yourself with other followers of Christ. They're commanded to disciple you and teach you what it means to be a follower of Christ. And finally, don't be discouraged. God is still on the throne and nothing takes him by surprise. (laughs) Well that's our program for today everyone. If you've enjoyed this program please five star rate and follow and tell a friend. Remember, you can find our website with links to your favorite podcast apps at narrativewars.org. That's narrativewars.org and until next time, fellow lovers of liberty, may the lord bless you and keep you. We the people are sick and tired. So tired hey.